Welcome to A Word from the Valley, a weekly podcast produced for you from Zion Lutheran Church in Middletown, Maryland. For more information about our faith community and our weekly worship services, visit us at zionmiddletown.org or find us on Facebook. We hope you have a great week, and God bless. the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So the nice part about the children's sermon is you have a little bit, and by the time you get to 11, if you've been to Sunday school, you have a little bit of an idea of what's going on. Uh, The reading from today, unless you really have a context, we kind of dropped you right down in the middle of something. So let me give you a little refresher in some church history to help you with where we are. And then I want to talk to you about the two groups that Paul is talking about in this letter um, that will help you understand the story a little more. So a reminder that the early church um, has two main sort of spokespeople that we know a lot about, and they would be Peter and Paul. Peter is sent primarily to Jews, to Jewish Christians who are growing, and and he is that focus on the Jewish people. And Paul, as we know, who himself was an exceptional Jew, he claimed, he has his Damascus Road experience, and then he is called to serve and bring Gentiles to Christ. So we have these two figures, and we hear Um, that they kind of butted heads every once in a while, but they had their special niches that they were called to. Now, the early church kind of has its headquarters in Jerusalem. That's like the center. Now, everybody does not stay there. They are spreading out because that, of course, is what Jesus told them they were to do, to go to the ends of the earth. So Jerusalem is not the be-all, end-all, but that's kind of where headquarters of the church is. Now, in the letter, and what's going on at this time, is that the church in Jerusalem is not doing so well. Financially, they're struggling a little bit, and they're having a hard time. Now, Paul, who justifies his ministry and wants everybody to realize that the Gentiles are important, they are included in this story, comes up with the idea that as he's going around and building these churches up and revisiting these communities, that he wants to take a collection, a collection that will be sent back to Jerusalem, a collection that will help the Jewish Christians realize that the Gentile Christians are in this too, and they think the ministry is important. So Paul is doing this collection. He has sent others. We hear in the reading Titus had already, of course, been sent around too and had started this collection. But Paul is doing this work and thinks it's important to do this work. Now, there are two groups of people that we hear that Paul is writing about too. The first is he's writing about the Macedonians, who are a community, a a church community, groups of believers, 
who we don't know a lot about, but that we hear this morning, had been through some tough stuff, some sort of ordeal. We know that they don't necessarily have a lot. And yet, Paul tells the story that when they were asked to give to this collection, they of course said, we of course give our prayers ourselves to this. Um, we follow Christ and we pray for the churches. But then they gave financially. And they gave out of hard times and more than Paul even thought they were going to give. Now, he's telling this story to the Corinthians. Now, we studied the Corinthians in the spring a little more in depth, and if you remember, or for a refresher, the Corinthians have some problems sometimes with remembering that as disciples, they don't operate in the ways of the world. Remember, their problem is they're still kind of following the power structures and the stratifications when it comes to gifts. They think that others are better than other people's gifts. Therefore, people are better than other people within the church. That's not how the church works. They're coming at different times to eat together. And of course, those who get off earlier, who have more, are eating and leaving little to nothing for those who really need it. So Paul has had some things to re-instruct the Corinthians on. So here, when he's asking the Corinthians, who may have some more means to give to this offering, he uses the example of the Macedonians to say, look at these ones who have been through so much and give beyond what we even imagined. What then, friends, are you who have much to do? I know that you know what you should give, and you have excelled, but let's remember what you are to give based on this example. And of course, they, he does this as a great teacher uh, strategy. Use an example of someone who has done something good to encourage someone else to do something similar. Okay, so what does this mean for us, this story? It is that great time of year of stewardship which some of us detest for many different reasons. It's also a season, though, that we might need to look at quite differently. Now, I want to be honest with you, and as the stewardship committee, we sat and we talked a great deal this year about stewardship in different ways, and ways we've always done it, and why we've done it the ways we've done it. And I confess that my question was, with so many people detesting it, why? Why don't we just stop this because people get more angry about it than they like it? Why don't we just stop it? And if we stop it, what difference would it mean? And then we talked about it, and we thought about it. And stewardship, friends, at its best, and why we do this every year, is because stewardship is a discipline, a spiritual discipline. It's a discipline where we examine ourselves and look at how much we've been blessed and look how God has gifted us with different talents and abilities to be used for sharing the gospel. It's not just a time to look at our finances and decide, well, what's it going to be, and in this negative way. 
Notice Paul says, I'm not commanding you to do this. Stewardship isn't a command. It's an invitation. An invitation. These cards that we detest are an invitation to stop and think what we've been blessed with and what we can share to make the good news continue to be shared as this community. And even beyond this community, because we are just not asking you to think about how you give here. How do you give in other organizations? How do you give of your time in the community? That's a whole part of stewardship, friends. So why do we do this every year? Every year this comes around and we go, oh. Because it would be like me saying to you, don't pray. We're done with this prayer stuff. Let's not talk about that this year. What is a Christian without prayer? What is a Christian without reading the Bible? If we aren't asking you about thinking about how you are blessed and continue to share that, we're not asking you to do your job as a Christian. We do this, believe it or not, listen to me, to encourage you. This is an opportunity to encourage you to see all the good things God has blessed you with. So whether you do fill out a pledge card or not, take the time, even at home, to think about how you're blessed and how you give in different ways. May that be an encouragement to you. May you encourage others to realize how richly we are all blessed. May we remember that. And may we, by our example, encourage one another so that the ministry that we're in together continues. May it be so. Amen.